So Eula Lee slept. The midsummer afternoon was hot and clear. We lay on the back porch beneath the bright sky because we needed clouds for our work. The sleeping sign hung on a rusty nail over the front door. Everyone who knew what was what hurried past our front gate and brick walk when the black scrap of wood scrawled with the blood-red word sleeping hung above the threshold. After we hung the sign, Eula Lee curled up on the back porch between baskets overflowing with pot marigolds and fell asleep before I settled down low on my sleeping spot beneath the old sofa where folks sit and speak of sorrows, troubles, and the blues. The marigolds' sunshine yellow flowers drooped into sweet dreams because they can't steal a fever or find lucky numbers without a dab of wind or rain. While the porch planking was gray, worn soft by the callous soles of many feet and easy on sleepers, I did not sleep. I watched because I knew fire was coming. The creek separating the well-kept yard of longleaf pines from the overgrown piney woods of trees faced by turpentiners and half-strangled by trespassing shrubs did not sleep. There was the Coachobee River, fierce and swift like her namesake, the panther. She licked the forest clean, protected the house and yard from spirits, and carried away the remains of spent spells westward across sanctified Florida soil into the Apalachiola River. Low fire she could stop. A forest canopy fire, born on the wind, was out of Coachobee's reach. Joe Moore lived in the forest. I couldn't see him through the saw palmetto, gallberry, and deep Sunday afternoon shadows, though if he were looking, he could see me. Eulalie and I trusted devils, gods, and the Holy Ghost from the sanctified church. Joe Moe trusted what he could see. With my second sight, I knew Joe Moe's eyes were open. His ears were attentive, too. Though not as sensitive as my ears, they knew friends pronounced his name Joe Moe and foes pronounced his name, Joe Moore. That morning, while the last scattered clouds moved eastward toward the Oklahoma River, we threw possum bones into a hastily drawn circle. They saw fire, but not today. No friend of possums, dead or alive, Joe Moe trusted his living bones above all else. He watched with the indigo snake, red-cocated woodpecker, and gopher tortoise from the woods. I watched from the back porch where the pot marigolds and Eulalie slept. If fire jumped the creek and the bones while Eulalie slept, I would hear Joe Moe calling my name, Lena, Lena, long before the flames reached the three-plank bridge. The warm afternoon drew me away from my concerns, drew me toward sleep and dreamtime travels. My spirit self could go anywhere. That's the one talent I had that Eulalie didn't. One time, when the possum bones were blind, I found a lost child on Allen Bluff overlooking the river close by the woods where that white preacher said Adam and Eve once lived. I've been south to Tate's Hell, where legends say a rattlesnake killed old man Tate while he was hunting Coachobee with a shotgun and a barlow knife. I knew where rivers came up out of the ground, where the bogo people danced with ribbons, where the gopher tortoise shared her burrow with snakes, and where Deacon Smith lost his Bible.
I had a mind to visit stiff and ugly, where the river ride like a snake, and find that hain-infested field where folks said Jimmy Ivy and his brothers, Little Poison and English, burnt crosses in all seasons. But a wisp of smoke from our dinner's dying cook fire tickled my nose, and sleep fled like a frightened rabbit. My nose always twitched in the presence of a trick. Just as surely as Eulalie felt a cold shiver near crossed paths and other goofered places. I watched the smoke for signs while Eulalie slept. Eulalie said she needed her beauty sleep because she was old. When Eulalie told me she was older than dirt, I thought there was always dirt, so there was always Eulalie, who remembered all her years. She remembered when the good Lord twitched his nose as though the wind blew pepper into it and created dirt.